0: I like watching you gear yourself up for whatever this horrible thing is that you're going to do.
1: Hello, Liz. Oh no. Do you like scary movies?
0: Uh, sometimes.
1: I Liz, I've been thinking a lot about marketing and branding in horror movies.
0: I'm already terrified.
1: All right, so Scream, right? Ghostface always has a very scary voice.
0: He does. Yeah courtesy of the, the talk man yeah whatever. it's
1: it's the talk man tape recorder from home alone too right, yeah man that was the best gift
0: i never got one that i feel like i just missed it somehow
1: you know they they gendered it up it was Talkboy. then they made the pink top girl and it's like why can't there just yeah be- you know
0: that was probably it because i i like always have hated like pink girl toys yeah and i remember there was the commercial with the wasn't there a commercial with a little boy like hiding behind a couch?
1: Yeah. Like, remember the Talkboy had like the microphone that came out? Yeah. That was the best. Yeah. I'm going on eBay when we're done recording this.
0: To look at pictures of Talkboys and not buy one.
1: Well, who knows? Christmas is right around the corner. Anyway, Liz, do you like scary movies?
0: I, sometimes.
1: So branding. I was thinking about it. Scream is scary because, I mean, there's somebody calling you on a phone and Mm -hmm. you don't know who they are. And back then we didn't have cell phones. You know, they didn't have all of this triangulation and satellites. You could find somebody easily on a cell phone now. But I think what if the guy from Scream had just like a different voice?
0: Mm. What if it
1: was like a welcoming voice? What if it was Morgan Freeman?
0: I don't know, because then it's like, oh, God is calling to smite you.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's a different type of horror movie. But like... What if it was like, "Hey Liz, do you like scary movies?"
0: I I have to be honest. I think the true horror of that situation is an unannounced caller on the phone. I mean, we're millennials, yeah. Right. So, I don't think the voice actually changes it.
1: It's like actually talking to somebody on the phone. Right. And Ugh. now
0: now it's one of those things where like the universe has been altered by the existence of the Scream franchise and this trope in horror movies of someone calling from inside the house. I
1: just want to go back to the sentence you said where the universe has been altered by the Scream franchise. I mean,
0: I think everyone would agree with me. <laughs> so so like no matter what the general tenor of the call is, mm-hmm. if somebody asks me on the phone mm-hmm. if I like scary movies, I will instantly pee myself. Like there's no <laughs> there's no like friendly, safe way for someone to say that like what if it was your dad
1: what if Jim called you and was like hey you know I'm just running to the store and I thought I should ask my daughter if she likes scary movies we
0: very rarely talk on the phone so if if my dad's cell phone called me your and dad has gotten body snatched said do you like scary movies exactly I would be like this is a ransom call something crazy is happening what if so it was
1: like Barney the purple dinosaur
0: even I think that's the scariest Hi, option Luce. you've suggested do
1: you like scary movies I can't I, remember how Barney sounds.
0: I wouldn't at all blame Barney if he like went on a crazy rampage. In fact, Whoa. In fact, they're redoing this Winnie the Pooh. They're they're doing yeah. like a crazy You could easily do a similar horror movie of somebody in the purple dinosaur suit who is like, I've had enough.
1: You've described Five Nights at Freddy's. That's what you're doing. But well, that's I Chuck mean, E. Cheese. Yeah. Right.
0: Right. But same concept. Like, they've been absorbing this, like, horrific, child screaming, whatever, for years, and now they're just putting it back out in the form of serial killing.
1: This is real great. Yeah. This is fantastic. We're talking about some scary games for the month of October, and we're going to start with a game that's very near and dear to my heart. Well, actually, no, it's not. I'm going to cut this out. No, that's not true.
0: This is a wild adventure we just went I'm
1: editing this out. Like for serious, I'm you editing mean this like part out. You mean like
0: this game series is near no, and dear to your heart? No, We can rewind so you can do your bit.
1: No, that was the bit was just like, do you like scary movies with funny voices? <laughs> I thought it was great. <laughs> oh. I can't oh. even do Mickey. because. Do you like scary movies? <laughs> oh boy. I'm in your closet with a knife.
0: Yeah, see? it's I threw you off by being instantly scared no matter what the voice is.
1: <laughs> Scariest thing. The result of the listener's choice poll is in. Oh, no. We're playing Gotham Knights, baby. Oh, boy. Uh, I was
0: really... Yeah. I was really kind of worried it was going to be Goat Simulator. Really? I mean, I just was like, how long are we going to have to play it if it wins?
1: (laughs) So here's the thing. Gotham Knights came out swinging with 19 votes. Pretty good. Goat Simulator, 18 votes. So it was almost Goat Simulator. Yeah. Haven was... Trailing with 11 votes. That's
0: fine. Yeah. As long as Gotham Knights won. I'm curious about Gotham Knights. I've never played any other games in the Arkham Horror. You've
1: watched me play quite a Arkham bit of Horror. it though.
0: That's the wrong thing. Yeah, it's still Arkham, Arkham. Asylum. Yeah. I've watched some. Yeah. And I have like a vague understanding of, of the story, although I'm going to have to get caught up.
1: It's just Batman. We have to go kill his parents.
0: Oh, good. Yep. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. So we'll be doing that uh at some point
1: yeah probably first week in november we'll have that because we'll play it at launch we'll tell y'all if it's good bad or in between but speaking of in between we have an intro to segue us should we get into it yeah let's do it all right let's do it let's hit the button bop, bop, peanut butter butter pops pop <laughs> pop pop them in your mouth pop Welcome to The Cooperatives, a podcast about cooperative games and the people who play them. I'm Aaron. And I'm Liz. And today we're talking about The Quarry, developed by Supermassive Games and published by 2K Games. Hey, Liz, have we ever played a game by Supermassive Games before? Why, yes, Aaron,
0: we have. Wow. Actually, we played, I think... Five of them total?
1: Yeah, we've played quite a few. I
0: think we've played all of the ones that we can.
1: (laughs) You are correct. So without getting too much off the beaten path here, Supermassive Games specializes in these choose-your-own-adventure group-setting... Mostly horror games, right? If you're a fan of Until Dawn, we did an episode on Until Dawn a few years ago. We'll put that in the show notes. But they've also done the Dark Pictures trilogy. Well, not, not trilogy. Now it's, it's like it's a, a, a trilogy plus. Yeah, yeah. Oh,
0: it might actually be called an anthology now.
1: It is an yeah, yeah. But there's three games out in that anthology so far. They also did. Do you remember Hidden Agenda? We played that in Arizona. Yes. I was actually
0: just realizing as we were talking about it, we played this game called Hidden Agenda, which was like a detective game um, with my cousins. Yeah. And and we never talked about it on this show, I think, but it it ended like so abruptly. Yeah. It was so, so like you said, they're all kind of choose your own adventure games and not to get too far down this path, but like, this was like a detective one. And we were like, oh yeah, like, I think we got it. We're getting towards the end. Like, and then. I think the main character got like shot in the head and it was suddenly over. It was like extremely abrupt. So um, I think that can happen in a lot of their games. But one thing that's really nice about um, Until Dawn, well, about like all of the horror ones. So Until Dawn and The Quarry, which are their sort of more um, feature film type Mm -hmm. games. And then also the uh, Dark Pictures anthology which are more like straight to video type games uh is that there's there's like a, a large cast so it's possible that someone will suddenly get shot in the head but then you've got more people after there's that. always
1: more people waiting to get shot in the head
0: right until dawn was one type of sort of classic horror movie trope which was teenagers in a cabin in the woods and Uh, Hackett's, or The Quarry. (laughs) Wow, I'm all over the place. Keep listening, folks. Uh, The Quarry is another type of classic horror movie trope, which is camp counselors.
1: (laughs) What was the original question? Anyway, Supermassive Games makes these choose-your-own-adventure games that invite you to play with a group. Uh, When Until Dawn came out, like Liz said, that was a cabin-in-the-woods horror story where decisions you made chapter to chapter would tell you whether or not a character lived or died later in the story. And the way that we played Until Dawn was we passed a controller around. It's intended to be a single player game, but you would find a character you identified with. So whenever that character's chapter came up, we would just pass you the controller.
0: Right. And it would, it does tell you like, now this is happening from the perspective of Cindy. And now it's going to change to Tom. And so it's easy to, to pass the controller back and forth based on like who the characters are, for example. And they really upgraded this for the quarry.
1: Yeah. There is a couch co-op mode where at the top of the game, you can assign characters to people. You can assign difficulty settings. The accessibility settings have really gotten beefed up since Until Dawn. So we played this start to finish in couch co-op mode. And as far as I'm concerned. Total delight. Absolutely fantastic. I think maybe before getting into the actual content of the story, as far as vibes go, did you think this was like super gory or like more spooky? Because it kind of did a lot of different genres in the game.
0: Right. And that's actually something that I've come to appreciate about these types of games, especially the bigger ones. Mm -hmm. So Until Dawn also did this, where it explored multiple genres within one. Um, I would say... This is a little bit more gory than just spooky to me, not in a way that I think should turn people off necessarily, but just the, it's, it's not like a haunted house. It's like a, you know, it's modeled off of the old camp counselors out in the woods trope, which is usually like a little more slashery, mm-hmm. um, and monstery. And so That's the vibe that we have with this one.
1: So, like, maybe, like, not a super hard R, but definitely not PG-13.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's an R because people do get killed, and it's pretty explicit.
1: (laughs) But (laughs) (laughs) It is. It it obeys the rules of horror movies, where if you see a corpse, they are absolutely dead.
0: Yeah, Uh, yeah.
1: So, speaking of corpses, let's set the scene and talk a little bit about the story. So, you said this was a camp counselor story. You are going to be playing as a series of camp counselors at Hackett's Quarry, which is kind of like a Camp Crystal Lake from Friday the 13th?
0: Yeah, a little bit, for sure. And it's definitely not, um, you know, there's a lot that happens in this story. So we, I will stop constantly comparing this to Until Dawn, but Until Dawn is a little bit shorter than this mm-hmm. one. Um, this one... For our first playthrough, it was what, thirteen? And it was a half about hours? thirteen
1: hours, yeah. and uh, that was without us looking anything up. We just kind of did whatever we wanted. What we felt ex- natural. We explore a lot in these types of games.
0: Right, right. So so they're always set up to reward you for exploring more because you can find hints about things that might happen. You can find weapons and clues that will tell you like how a character should react to something that comes up later. So it rewards you for exploring, but that does take take up more time um and so we won't get into too much detail about the ultimate story because obviously there's you know at least a dozen hours worth. Twists. Um, <laughs> but as far as the initial setting that's not too spoilery it, you know in case you're worried about spoilers we are very cognizant of that yeah. we won't go into any of the twists and turns the initial settings are very tropey in their game so like this initial setting is these are camp counselors it's after the last day of camp. Mm-hmm. So all of the counts all of the kids went home yesterday or the day before. It's just the counselors closing up camp getting ready to leave and the guy that runs the camp, Mr. Hackett
1: uh, excuse me, screams David Arquette
0: also called Mr. Hackett who is
1: not a better actor in video games than he is in movies let oh, me tell you He's
0: actually like possibly worse.
1: yeah <laughs> because like whatever emotion he's giving in the mocap suit, it doesn't, it doesn't like fully translate. get caught.
0: Yeah. I mean, so these games look pretty good. And we'll talk about that more uh in a minute. But, but yeah, David Arquette just like already kind of looks a little bit like a plastic <laughs> man. Um but so he is like like uh noticeably very anxious for all of the counselors to leave. They need to get out of here, camp is over, go home. And for a variety of reasons. The counselors are not able to leave, and they have to stay. And he's like, fine, I will go figure out a way for us to leave. You guys, like, stay here. Stay in
1: the lodge. Right, and
0: obviously things escalate from there. Because camp
1: counselors don't want to stay in the lodge. No. They want to go to the woods. They're
0: going to get drunk and have a bonfire. And they should. The kids
1: are gone. David Arquette's gone. What else are you supposed to do?
0: Exactly. There's, you know, general... Horror shenanigans that ensue after that.
1: So you you've said a word a few times that I think makes my ears prick up in a good way, but other people I can see it as a as a derogatory thing. Tropes. So these games exist because they are playing upon horror movie tropes that we all can identify, love, and understand, and in some ways stand back from. Right. And the first two or three hours of this game is all set up giving these characters attributes that you can identify them. Like there's the dumb beefcake, there's the social media girl, there's the quiet, broody hero, right. there's um, the mouse. The massive... yeah, 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 yeah. And so it really does a lot of shortcutting in the story in a very cool way. So you, you can identify like these are the relationships that you want to save, these are the people you're rooting for. And one of the things that the quarry kind of does a little bit more subtly that until dawn really hit you over the head with there's always a character that you're like if this person dies that's fine and they're the hardest to kill
0: yeah (laughs) yeah and and i'm actually you might know this i'm not sure how true that is for this one but in until dawn the creators actually came out and said we on purpose made this one character very annoying Mm -hmm. and we also made it the hardest to kill her Mm -hmm. um and by when i say to kill her, I mean, you could be to like, not save. yeah, you could be like, I'm gonna have this character jump off this cliff, so she's probably gonna die, and then later they'd be like, that's exactly what you needed to do to save her, um, and so ha- the the quarry does have something kind of similar. Although I did, I felt like they didn't make it as obvious that there's like, you know, there wasn't like just one character where I was like, ah, they're so annoying. I don't want to save them. I always want to try and save everybody. Yeah, when ideally, play these games. right? Um, but you're right. I when I say I'm so used to trope not being like a negative thing when we talk about this, and it's actually really helpful in these stories.
1: I mean, are you really playing this game if you don't want the tropes?
0: Right. Well, and and to me, that's part of the experience because for these types of horror movies, there are these tropes, and what's fun is kind of flipping the tropes Mm -hmm. or doing something else with them. So they're, you know, it's a camp counselor story. So they're going to have the tropey camp counselors. And then you have to decide as the player what decisions you're going to have them make. And they already, like, flip it a little bit. Like, there's queerness in this, which isn't in a lot of of those old tropey ones. And I don't see that people are, like, being punished for being queer, which is always something to worry about. So I I like that.
1: Dylan is very clearly – or, sorry, Ryan is very clearly bi. Right. And, like, I think that he's portrayed in a really – Interesting and cool way.
0: Right. And Ryan is portrayed by Justice Smith. Hell
1: yeah. Pikachu's best
0: friend. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, I hope you've seen the Detective Pikachu movie.
1: Maybe I'll spoiler that out. Yeah, maybe you should. Maybe you
0: should. Because the crossover between the people who want to hear about this horror game. None of
1: them have seen Detective Pikachu. Right. Anyway, also, go see Detective Pikachu. You
0: should. It's a very good movie. Anyway, uh, Justice Smith is in this, and um, what is Abigail is portrayed by uh,
1: Ariel Winter.
0: Yeah, who is famous from Modern Family. Um, and then Brenda Song.
1: Brenda Song is Caitlin, who is like set up to be. A bodacious final girl, and I love her in this game. So we have played it three times now.
0: Right. So we we what we did is we played it through and made the decision that we felt made sense in the moment. And after that, and, and in our initial playthrough, we had a couple of pivotal points where we were like, ah, it just went wrong. Like we almost got everything that we wanted. And then
1: someone got chomped.
0: And now we can see easily, in retrospect, like, oh, it should have been this other thing. Um, and so what we did after that, which was mostly you, you went and you did what, what they call a golden run, mm-hmm. right? Um, which you actually used a guide to Save make every quote-unquote correct decision mm-hmm. throughout the game. And that was actually really cool. So so one thing that happens in a lot of choose-your-own-adventure type games, even or not even games, in books too, is you could miss part of the story just based on the decisions that you make because it has to be a decision tree that like skips chunks of story um so we actually learned like 30 to 40 minutes of new material yeah. in the golden run we that got we like the seen. true ending right um so yeah that's like a basic overview of what the story is and In terms of the way you play the story, we should talk about that a little bit too. Because we're saying like, you save these people, you make decisions, like how much action is there and how much RPG is Mm -hmm. there?
1: So I think that's a really great segue to talk about kind of the accessibility settings. Mm -hmm. Because a lot of how we played this game and a lot of how I wish we could have played Until Dawn rely on some of these accessibility settings. We've been describing this game as a choose your own adventure. And the adventure is the word that stands out. If you played any of the old LucasArts games, Secret of Monkey Island, uh, Brook is a more recent one. Games where you wander around an environment, gather up clues, and it's more built towards exploration than anything else. It's a third-person game where you're wandering through the environment, gathering up these clues, gathering information, but you're never like pulling out a gun and shooting somebody. You're never scrolling through your inventory and looking for a weapon or a shield. All of those decisions are done in cutscenes, where the game presents you with a choice. And these choices can be run or hide. It could be use a regular bullet or use like a shotgun shell. It could be call for help or investigate here. And as you can probably tell, running or hiding in a situation can have a ton of different effects.
0: Right. And the way that the game operates is it's sort of like if you've read or scene, Ready Player One, at some point they talk about where you kind of take over as a character in a movie, Mm -hmm. and you live their role in the movie.
1: That's a really... I forgot about that in the book. Yeah,
0: and it's really similar to that. So you are being the character in the movie and you're deciding, like, does the movie make them shoot this person right now or does the movie make them stand there and wait? And so one thing that I really like in these games is that that's always an option. So a little bar might come up where it says, like, you can aim at this monster and shoot them. Or... You don't have to do anything. And if you sit and wait, it might be like, oh, this wasn't actually a monster at all. It was like somebody else in the woods walking towards you. So I really like that it rewards you for inaction sometimes as much as action. And so that's what you're doing. You're walking through. You're gathering clues. Sometimes you get to a spot where you have to like aim something and decide whether or not to shoot. Um, And also sometimes you have what are called quick time events. Mm -hmm. And that will be like... Like you mentioned, there's a choice between running and hiding a lot. If you run, your character might have to jump on some stones in the middle of a river in order to get across from it. And each time they're going to make a jump, you have to hit the button at the right time or the jump won't land.
1: And so that's where the accessibility options really shine. Because when we played Until Dawn, we didn't really know what we were getting into. We just kind of jumped in. Some of these twitch reflexes, some of these quick time events are a little difficult because you, you know, they're randomized every time. Mm -hmm. You don't know what button you're going to press. And that can create a pretty anxious environment around some friends trying to play this game for fun. What the accessibility options allow you to do is, number one, extend the window where you can press a button correctly, or just simplify everything. Uh, They can say that all of the button presses are going to be uh, delegated to the thumbsticks so you don't have to worry about the face buttons. For some of the decisions, you can extend the timer to 15, 30 Unlimited seconds so that you're not agonizing over decision. And the most valuable thing, which I wish we knew more about before we began, is the death rewind. Mm-hmm. So if a character dies and you see them die, you can hit a button and rewind to, to the decision to prevent that from happening. Right.
0: Which I love because on the one hand, I get it. Like you want there to be high stakes in a game. That's fine. You only get
1: three of them per game.
0: Right. And that still adds some stakes. Mm-hmm. but. Like you mentioned, this is actually an accessibility setting because there are lots of reasons that you might miss a step on accident that leads to a character's death. And it's a shame if you're like, oh, that character didn't die because I just like made a choice that was unexpected. It died because my finger slipped or something like that. And that has happened. Right. And especially because this... One thing that's very important that we should mention is that this isn't like games where you can have a save file that you go back to. It's one save file that is continuous throughout this story. So, if without the death rewind, if you make a decision that you don't like, you're screwed. That decision is just stuck. And, and that, so, that to
1: me is the disappointing thing about the game. Is right. they they've made all these strides with accessibility. I really wish that you could do manual saves, right? Because that to me is kind of. Is kind of like the middle ground. There's going to be people that aren't playing this that have amazing Twitch reflexes. I mean, over time, everyone's reflexes get a little bit worse. So just let us make a manual save.
0: Or it's not even always Twitch reflexes. It could be that, like, absorbing dialogue and sitting and analyzing it to make a decision takes longer or something like that. Or even, like you're a new parent and, you know, you had to do a feed or something in the (laughs) middle of like, there's all kinds of reasons. I think there's, there's like a a broader discussion to be had that has been had many times about like, you know, making a game high stakes and challenging versus making it so that like people can just play it the way they need to play it to enjoy it. And they really have made big steps with Mm -hmm. this one to make it a lot in the direction of letting people play it the way that they need to play it. Um, But you know, it it is always something that I think is an ongoing discussion. Like you, you want it to be challenging to feel like there's stakes. I still feel like there are, even with a rewind, like in the moment, there's a lot of intensity in the game. Um, So we had a great, time with that even like we we set it so that a lot of the decisions we would have more time for that the quick time events would be a little bit less stressful because we were also like yeah this is a scary game so like we're gonna feel the intensity from the horror elements but we don't want to also be like constantly on edge that there's like a quick time event coming up
1: and it has gotten a lot better right it's just there's a few things that I can see the developers saying that they wanted to make choices matter and keep it pure. You can still go a little bit further, but between this and Until Dawn, the accessibility makes us way more playable.
0: Yeah, it's really... And I can see how that would have kept people away in the past because there is that extra anxiety. Or Mm -hmm. if you're playing... You know, this is the kind of game that can draw people in who are not really big video game people. So if you have a partner or a friend who would like thinks that it sounds interesting but is worried about being like the reason that you screw up, Mm -hmm. this kind of stuff can really help with that. So like the accessibility settings in this are just really wonderful and make it a lot easier and more accessible to play.
1: And so there are 186 endings, like 186 unique permutations of the ending. So and you're, Aaron's going to get all of oh, them. I'm going to get them all like Pokemon, <laughs> just like Justice Smith. Like you said, for somebody that might not be super into video games, something that I ran through the other day, well, I didn't run through all of it. There's a movie mode, mm-hmm. which is such a cool idea. You can, uh, you can just have the game kind of play itself randomizing all of the decisions so every time you get a variably different story that's not really for everyone but i can totally see someone saying you know we finished it let's just randomize it see how it happens there are some wacky deaths there are some weird ways people can die that you never would have thought about but i just think that's a nice little addition to the game uh, other things that aren't really accessibility settings but are fun, there's an 80s horror filter, there's an indie game filter.
0: Yeah, I was going to say that the movie mode is actually a good segue to talking about the aesthetics of the game mm-hmm. overall. So like, how do you think it looks compared to Until Dawn, which was their first foray into this genre?
1: So the mocap is way better, mm-hmm. and and I think that's one of the things Supermassive does really well. They yeah painstakingly make sure that the people that you're playing look like the performers portraying them.
0: Right, we talked about like the celebrities involved, like Hayden Panettiere was the big draw in Until Dawn, mm-hmm. and we mentioned a bunch of the celebrities in this one, and we mentioned them cuz like that is actually the person that you're playing. Like, like Skylar
1: Gisondo is in this.
0: Right, and it and looks I mean, it's remarkable. Yeah. Like it looks just like him. And so I th- I always think that's that's what really brings in that like you are playing it, a horror movie element mm-hmm. not just a video game because like this is a cast that could be the cast of a horror movie
1: it's different than resident evil where i look at those character models and i go oh that's a really great character model right but with until dawn and pretty much all of the dark pictures games and supermassives work i go oh it's that person
0: right and and in terms of the mocap the mouth movements are a lot better in this one even than they were in previous games i mean Nobody is perfect at that yet, but it's a big improvement. And obviously, we use subtitles. Mm-hmm. There's, um, again, a lot of subtitle options because of the accessibility as there's well. There's
1: subtitles and there's closed captions. Mm-hmm. So if you just want to hear voices or if you want to hear the environment, always appreciative when a game does that. Right. Uh, there's also an option to put everybody in 80s attire if you get the deluxe edition, which, of course, we did. And after the first playthrough, going through and watching, like, the sports jock beefcake and like a, a mid-torso bear's <laughs> jersey is always fun. Yeah. And you can cycle it character to character. I, I do want to talk a little bit more about the characters. I genuinely really enjoy the characters in this game. And I think that's the reason why I wanted to do that golden path, why I wanted to save them all. Right. Um, even for characters that you may not have liked, did you think that they were interesting?
0: Yeah, I thought they did a really good job. And, and one thing that is, you know, I keep comparing this to a movie, but like no horror movie is more than ten hours long, mm-hmm. and one thing you get is the ability to really develop each individual character. There are a couple that I felt like got kind of a short shrift. Like I, I thought Brenda Song's character was awesome and had real kind of like final girl potential, and you kind of learned the least about her, which She's is a kind little of bit the of a bummer. Strongest
1: bar. supporting, right? But never the main,
0: right? And so there are definitely, you know, how many people were in the cast? Six or seven that are playable.
1: Uh yes Yes. without without spoiling things yeah
0: so so what you have out of those six or seven that are playable is really like three or four that get the most screen time um emma gets
1: a lot of backstory right very quickly
0: right and it, it can be interesting because um you don't really know up front and this is something that we should explain really quick we talked about how um with until dawn it's it's Intended to be played by one person, but it's actually, like, they kind of seem to know that people might do passing controllers back and forth on the couch. This really has a setup where you can do it and you put the players' names in. Mm-hmm. So we played this, just the two of us. We have friends that have played this game where there's, like, six, five or six people, so one person is playing each character. Any more than
1: four would be Wild to me
0: Yeah Because like Then you don't really Get enough time mm-hmm. Playing At least for the What we like Someone else might want that There's
1: some chapters That go an hour And some sections That are like five minutes
0: Right Um, But so what you do Is like Like we put Liz and Aaron in And then When it switches to somebody Like it, it might say the, the character of Emma is being played now. So, Aaron, it's your turn to play. Mm-hmm. Like, it actually tells you very specifically, which I think is great because I think there was like a player one, player two thing in the yeah, past.
1: I, I believe in Until Dawn, it was only player one, player two.
0: Right. And so I love that you can actually put the names in. It's easier to remember. Like, they clearly knew from their other games that this is something people are doing. They're like having friends and sitting around and playing them together. Um, so I thought that was a really cool thing that they added in and- I do wish that they kind of – it's hard because it would be spoilery, but, like, you don't know when you're assigning roles that, like, oh, somebody might have taken two of the really beefiest roles where they're going to be playing the most. But it's, like, a relatively small quibble because I wouldn't want them to say, oh, like, this person is going to be in the game for four hours,
1: (laughs) right? versus I think a way to shortcut that is to say, like, Emma, if you're into this type of horror, like, if you're into monsters – this person, But if you're into body horror, like the fly, maybe there's a different character. Yeah. I, I think that would be a way to kind of shortcut it. But again, part of this game is not knowing what's going to happen.
0: Right. And also not even not knowing what's going to happen, but like different things could happen. And, and that's part of what's interesting. Like, even as we're talking about, I think, oh, there was one character in particular where you end up playing this character for just a huge chunk of time all at once. But... It's possible that that person dies quickly and then you don't do it, right? It's just because of the decisions we made. So it's tough for them to do that without kind of giving things away. So I'm not sure what would be interesting is if they maybe at the end of the assignments could say like, okay, here's how it's weighted. It's weighted so that this person's gonna play a lot more. So maybe shift it around a little. Mm-hmm. And that wouldn't like give it away totally. So if you're listening, Supermassive, that's just an idea that we have for you.
1: <laughs> also, Supermassive, please send us <laughs> copies us. of all your games yeah. because we love them all.
0: They are really, really fun. And it's just such a great way to have like a cooperative movie experience kind of like it, it's it's really it's unique. wild to me
1: this released in June and not like September October I know it's
0: so strange um and one thing that we've both said is like I would love to see them do this with more genres mm-hmm. uh I had forgotten about the detective one we did the detective I, one
1: was not didn't great. fully
0: work it it really needs an ensemble cast to be more fun and also to change the stakes a little cuz if you only have one or two characters then you pretty quickly can just kind of get screwed. Um, But if you have an ensemble, which you like, you could, I, we, what we talked about is I would love for them to do a heist movie.
1: A heist would be great.
0: Can you imagine like an oceans 11 where you're playing each of the characters and the decisions they make impact the success or failure of the heist or other kind of like hijinks also free idea for you. Super massive. Um, But anyway, I digress.
1: Yeah. I mean, here's the thing, Ben Grimm. It is October. And if you're looking for a horror movie, I think that this is a really great way. If somebody, if somebody in your gaming group or if your partner, if your kid, if if you know, whoever you want to play games with, doesn't want to play something as intense as a Resident Evil, because in that game, things can come out of you at all times. I think a game like The Quarry, the benefit is there's a very clear indicator when something will happen to you. Mm-hmm. And so at least for me, whenever I was in control of a character walking around an environment, it was spooky. And there's certainly a lot of kind of jump scare moments, but I never felt like I was going to have somebody die until it went to a cutscene, scene because almost all the deaths are dictated by these puzzles and cutscenes or the decisions that you make. And I feel like it's a really great way to kind of uh, shortcut that anxiety, at least for me.
0: Yeah, and I think, you know, I wanted to mention, cause we've brought up that this can be a little bit gory and it it is as much as any of that type of horror movie is. So like, if you think about like a scream or like any of the Camp Crystal Lake, uh, what what is the actual the number? The the Friday the thirteenth movies. So, like, I mean, you you see people get like chopped up and yeah. stuff like that. Like in those I, just watched, I just
1: watched I just watch X and that is gory as shit. It's nowhere near that.
0: Right. So so I guess between X and <laughs> and Scream. But I just wanted to mention that because like that is something to take into account. Um if you're if you don't like it. It's similar to a horror movie where you can kind of get enough of a heads up to turn away, usually. Um and one other thing you can do, honestly, is play with a guide because even playing with a guide and knowing what's happening, it still is really entertaining, I think. I think so. Um, so if, th- you know, if that's something, if you have someone in your party who like, struggles with that and they want to look at a guide while the rest of you don't, it still would be really fun, I think.
1: What I would love to see is a co-op mode where we get to choose characters except for two and then the computer randomizes what those characters do but their choices don't kill us it's just they cause chaos
0: that would be interesting yeah like to have one of the one of these sort of couch co-op people be an ai or something yeah Um, Because
1: there's always a character in a horror movie that does some dumb shit, and you're like, why did you do that?
0: Right. That actually is a really good transition to what I wanted to talk about next, which is the cooperative element of this. I didn't even plan this. We've talked about, I know, we've talked about that it has this couch co-op mode, and we do have the lovely co-fi, the the cooperative fidelity Rating. Um, and I thought it would be interesting to talk about this because, in a lot of senses, this isn't a traditionally cooperative game. Uh, just it's not
1: a- built for co op, but it is a big option.
0: Right. So, because again, parts of it are sort of passive. You're going through this movie experience, you're not really playing with other people in the sense that you're playing different characters. Um, so Let's go through the kofi list yeah. and kind of see where it lands so the the first one, which is currently in the current uh, iteration iteration thank you of the kofi scale is weighted double, is that cooperation is required to win you can't do it by yourself that actually isn't true here. you are not required to cooperate to win um. I believe it's possible for like only one character to survive and still kind of make it if they do the right things. It like, gets a lot harder. I
1: think it depends on what you mean by win cuz when I hear right. win it's everyone survives and the evil is vanquished
0: or like having like say if you if your character is Emma I think you could... I love Emma. Right. But I think <laughs> you, as the person playing Emma, could survive, like, could make Emma survive at the end of the day without anyone else's help. That may not be true for every character, but generally there isn't, like, a cooperative element. Like, I don't... Yeah. And, and you actually... So I would say that that is not one of the... There's zero points for cooperation required to win.
1: Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. But I would also add that... Winning to me is not always like the objective, right? Like it it very clearly fails that part of the test. Yeah, but I am of the same vein, you know, we just played betrayal at the House in the Hill third edition last night, and I died. And I was like, great. And in, in this story, I died. I can see how the narrative worked out. I did not win, but my team did. Well, the team won. And so in that sense, you
0: did win. So I guess for me, when I say win, I mean like the bad guys are vanquished and someone from the counselors
1: survives. Yeah, you don't need co-op for that. Right,
0: you don't need co-op for that. Um, And that leads into the next one, which is everyone wins or no one wins. That, again, it sort of depends on your perspective. Like, somebody (laughs) might be like, well, all the characters I'm playing died, so I feel like I lost. Um, But generally, I would say either you all, like, you kind of all win together or separate because you're all part of the same team. So there's not really, like, a... A way that, like, only Aaron could win if we we're playing and I couldn't. Again, unless you you want all of your characters to survive. The
1: first time we played, all of my characters died. Yeah. <laughs> uh, not all of them. Well, all but one. Yeah.
0: So I would say it doesn't really check that box either. No, nah, it
1: doesn't. I don't think so.
0: The third one is players cannot hurt each other. And <laughs> without going into specifics... <laughs> That's actually not true for it this feels, one either. It
1: feels spectacular.
0: Um, there, there. That's not always going to be untrue in these supermassive games. I think it just is uh, the way that this story is. It yeah. is possible for one of the characters to hurt another of the characters,
1: and sometimes that's the decision to make.
0: Yeah, right. So, I mean, this is an especially interesting. So, for this specific one, it also doesn't check that box. No. The last one I think might be the only one that it checks, I, which is... Oh, my God. Discourages quarterbacking. And the and I know I'm kind of struggling with the framing of this part of the scale yeah. anyway. When I say discourages, what I mean is there's really no way for, like, you to decide what I do with my characters. Like you... There's always going to be the type of quarterbacking where one person just yells at somebody to do something. I can't stop that. No game can stop that from happening. Um, the only the only way a game can really prevent that is if there's like information that other people don't have. Mm-hmm. That's not true in this. Everyone has the same information, but you're the one holding the controller. You make the decision.
1: And what we've done in our household is if you were controlling that character... We do cooperatively talk about the majority of the decisions in the game. Right. But if I feel very, very, very strongly about a decision... I'll and I think I did that once. There
0: were there were a couple of times. There was a couple. <laughs> there were a couple where I was like, "Yeah, we want to we like want to be polite in this instance, right?" And you were like, "No,
1: no, I'm a Spitfire." Yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> um, and those types of decisions we haven't talked about those as much. We've talked about like the quick time events and running or hiding, but there's also a lot of conversation mm-hmm. and building relationships between the characters is another thing that you do in these mm-hmm. games. Um, so sometimes the decision will be like, does this person respond sarcastically to this other character or do they respond seriously? Something like that. Um, so, so that is the only one I would say it does discourage quarterbacking only in the sense that you can't really like railroad me into doing anything if I'm holding the controller. Yeah.
1: You can make a case for it. Right. Uh, but there, there. Really, the onus is on the person holding the controller. Like you said, it's just, do you want to listen? And so be a good player.
0: Listen. Or not. I mean, you guys, you can decide. Like, we've played games like this with other friends where we, like, didn't talk really at all. And we were like, if your character is talking, you decide how they're going to respond. When
1: I say listen, it's more like, hear them. Sure. But like you are ultimately the one that makes the decision. I think I think it's good to at least discuss the whys and the wherefores when you're doing these things.
0: Right. And that's something that also becomes less of an option depending on how your settings are. So like you mentioned, we set it so that when we have like a, a conversation choice, we have a lot of time mm-hmm. to figure it out. So there's actually time for a brief discussion. But if you have it set for the a lower time, it might be that really the person playing is the only one who has a chance you know, they just have to decide and pick something right away. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would say it's a one out of five on the Ko-Fi scale. But the Ko-Fi scale is quality agnostic. So just because it's not super high on the Ko Fi scale doesn't mean it's not a good game. It just no. means it's not like a traditional cooperative game.
1: Yeah, and I, I think I think the thing is, there are games that are going to rate very low in the COFI scale that are still cooperative, but it's just a different texture.
0: Right. It's a different kind. And and it's not even necessarily that it's like super cooperative. It's just there's no adversity. Yeah. You're not against the other people. Um, I guess you could have somebody in your party who's like, I'm going to try to screw everything up as much as possible and just be like a chaos element. Well, and
1: I, I think there is room for that in like a future game if they did more of a jackbox control scheme where Mm -hmm. one person's getting specific content delivered to their character. Right. That could be very interesting.
0: And that actually, that is what was different about... With uh, Hidden Identity. Hidden Identity. Or or Hidden Agenda. Or Hidden Agenda, which was the detective one. Um, And obviously the name's kind of a giveaway. Like that was part of what they were going for there. I think it was a little experimental. Yeah. And that was, um, decisions were decided by vote. So each person on the couch was voting how they wanted the character to act, and
1: then the character would act accordingly. I'd be interested to go back to that one now.
0: Yeah, that would be- like a fun run. That would be, I would maybe be interested to do that one with a guide so that we are like, how how are you supposed to make this actually work?
1: Yeah, yeah. You know, thinking about the quarry, the first time we, right before we finished it for the first time, I thought, this is probably my game of the year. And as we've gone through it three times now, I don't think it's my game of the year. It's definitely top three material, but I think it's the most enjoyable game I played this year. Mm -hmm. Simply because of the atmosphere. It's definitely my vibe. It's the fall. Anything with Ted Raimi, Lance Henriksen, Lynn Shea, like the cast. Ted Raimi was
0: a real surprise in this. He's
1: great. Always a pleasure. Always Always a a pleasure, Ted Raimi. But, uh, I feel like if you are into this type of game, it's probably the best one of them. Interesting. I'm just curious, like, like, if you had to sell somebody that wasn't in the horror movies on this game, what would you tell them?
0: I would probably advise them not to play it. Oh, okay. Well, that's I, easy. <laughs> I think no, I mean, because look, this is a horror movie game. Like, if you're not into horror movies, like we have a really good friend who just doesn't like them. And I'm not going to like, you know, torture somebody by by advising them to play something that is is essentially a horror movie, right? Mm-hmm. Um so if you're it depends on the reason you're not into it. But if you don't like gore or you don't like being scared, like that that is what happens in this kind of game. Why do I like being scared? I don't know, but that's not for the podcast. That's for <laughs> that's, for that's a different discussion. <laughs> um you know, I I I really like it. Like I I don't like every type of horror movie. I really am not into like the torture porn stuff. I don't like like Saw um, and Hostel and like I don't like any any stories like that where the point is just to kind of like hurt the characters as much as possible. I don't like a ton of blood and gore. And for me, these are still great. And Again, you get enough of a heads up that if there is something that's going to be a little icky, you can usually like turn your head and avoid it. Um, So, yes, I would probably not try to convince somebody who doesn't like (laughs) horror to play it. What I do think there's a good opening for is somebody who's not too into the idea of video games, Mm -hmm. but really likes horror movies. I think for someone like that, this could be a really interesting entree into what video games can do that are not like what everyone thinks. Like it's not always going to be like a Mario game or like a Halo, right? Like there are a lot of things you can do, which like, if you don't play a lot of video games, that's kind of your impression sometime. Um,
1: can you imagine being like, I love Tetris. What else you got? And then throwing <laughs> them into the quarry.
0: Right. This also uses a controller. Um <laughs> Yeah. So, so, I mean, that's like my general philosophy is like, I think you should only try to convince people to a certain extent to do things, right? Like if someone's not interested in something, that's okay. But there, there are a lot of ways to, have somebody play this who like wouldn't necessarily think they were the audience for it um so that's one of the things i really like about it like it's a very different kind of video gaming experience it doesn't require a ton of skill especially like like we said you can set the setting Mm -hmm. that it's really pretty easy um and i think that really changes like who can play this game accessible not in the sort of um physical accessibility that we've been talking about but just like audience accessibility.
1: Yeah, this is one where I think the emotional and mental well-being is, is improved by the accessibility options and mm-hmm. not just through the physical. Right. Because emotion is such a huge part of horror. Horror is designed to, you know, put you in a box and make you feel a certain way. And the people that wrote this game have A lot of horror credits on their resumes, whether from supermassive games or actual films, Mm -hmm. they know what they're doing. So for me, I was just very glad to have a horror experience without being scared all the time. Right.
0: And actually, one thing that this like if somebody doesn't like horror movies because they're like, I hate what every character does. Like this is a really interesting (laughs) way to like kind of turn it on its head. Right. You can be like. In this, you get to decide what they do. And I mean, it's not 100% like an open world situation. There's some railroading. Sure. And they're, I would be lying if I said in all of their games, there's at least one decision where we're like, okay, well, that's not what we intended for this to be. Like, there's no perfect way to convey what will happen when you hit a button. Um, but it really does give you a chance to kind of be like, you know, what if she doesn't go into the basement (laughs) and we do something else instead.
1: There is one very clearly telegraphed death in this game that Liz and I fell victim to. And we were like, there's no way. Like, It would be so stupid if this character did this. They are obviously telegraphing it. There's no way they die. And then guess what? It happens. And who's to blame? Us. Which (laughs) uh, I want to talk about something that we don't get a lot of games that make me think about this, but a big part of cooperatives used to be like, what did we learn about each other? Yeah. So, I was
0: actually thinking that too.
1: So Liz, I'm curious. I learned something about you oh, in no. this game. Did you learn anything about me?
0: I, it, you know, I don't know if I learned anything new that I can think of now. Like I've known, since I've known you that Halloween is your favorite holiday. It's
1: the best holiday. Spooky
0: season is your favorite season. It's the best season. And so for me, it's less like learning something and more just, it's really a pleasure to be able to do this thing with you that brings you so much joy. Even though like, I think it's fun and interesting, but I'm not like, yes, this is giving me life. Um, but it's really fun to be able to like participate in a scary movie with you. So yeah. So I'm very curious to know what you learned about me. So.
1: What I learned about you was there are some characters in this game that I really liked that Mm. you had a very adverse reaction to. That's true. And, you know,
0: that was interesting. And I still don't I didn't learn it about you because I don't understand why you like this character.
1: well, Well, so I think I think the thing is in a horror movie, my opinion is that the camp counselors are all sweet little angel babies and they're young and they're stupid and they're making decisions based on hormones. So none of them are wrong. Like, <laughs> like none of the, none of them are, are wrong. Right? right. And there's one section where a character I was controlling was going through this mo- long monologue, explaining how they felt and going over their emotions. And I was like, I'm really grateful for this experience. This character that I, I liked, I now understand the pathos behind. And you were like, they deserve to die. I hate this person. (laughs) They're annoying. And, and I think like, it was just interesting to hear what you were valuing from this character. And so it, it gave me a perspective of like, I do need to understand that my POV on these characters is, is very rose tinted glasses uh, but it was just really fun to see the way that we differed on some of these characters. I think we both universally love Dylan. Mm-hmm. Dylan is the, is having the worst night of his right. life. Uh, but like Jacob, I think that our opinions kind of flip-flopped because I ended up like loving at first and then hating or maybe hating then loving. I think yeah, our opinions swayed. Yeah, I ended
0: swayed. up I, – I liked him. I – <laughs> he was an interesting character. He was the sort of like uh dumb jock one. And I, what's funny about that is the way that we assigned our characters in the beginning is that you have this sort of like carousel of um, character images with like brief bios that, that kind of explain the sort of tropey thing where you're like, okay, this is the popular social media girl. Um, you know, this is the artist girl. This is the dumb jock, whatever, whatever. And, we we like had each picked out who we were going to be and we were down to like one or two more people and neither one of us wanted to be the dumb jock guy um and i i, I don't know that he was ever fully redeemed but but he was a more interesting character than i thought he was going to be i thought i was worried he was going to be like a bully and i didn't want to play that yeah, kind of character yeah, I, I and did he wasn't that. which was good That's like maybe one trope that they didn't super have. Although maybe it's just that we didn't play anybody like that and we could have.
1: So his story does not really resolve unless you do the golden path and do a very specific set of circumstances that allow him to have conversations. And like you said, I'm the kind of person that loves to rewatch movies. Mm -hmm. I love to study the film, the techniques and blah, blah, blah. And it was really fun for me to go back through the golden path and see things from a different perspective.
0: Right, and so there's a golden path, and there's also a the most an gruesome an path. everybody dies path. <laughs> um, which I'm curious to know, like how long that takes to actually so kill 45 everybody. Minute game, right? Yeah, um, yeah. It, what was interesting, and so right, I've known this about you that you can rewatch movies right away. Um, and I did want to mention, like, even I'm not a person that. Likes that. But I actually really enjoyed watching part of the... like. I didn't watch the whole thing because it does take a long time. But I watched the end of The Golden Path to see the new material. Mm -hmm. And it was really interesting. Real meaty. And, And... I think something that would be an understandable concern about these games is whether they are replayable. Because mm-hmm. um, we didn't talk about how much this costs, but it is like, it costs the same as like a...
1: Yeah, it's a standard $60, 70 game based right. on the system you get it on. It is available on Steam, PlayStation, Xbox. The only thing it's not on is Switch at this point.
0: Right, which Switch like fully couldn't handle it. <laughs> so <laughs> could not,
1: People would look like potatoes.
0: Right, right. Um, yeah, so you, you can replay this game. So you're paying that premium price. Um, I mean, I think it's worth it for just one playthrough for me, because again, you're getting like 13 hours of content. Um, and if you went to the movies, right, like that would be more expensive to get that much content. And
1: Everyone's dollar is going to be different. Right.
0: Totally. Yeah. Um, and also the movies in Chicago are more expensive than the movies elsewhere. Uh, But I did just want to mention, like, the replayability is so interesting, and and this is true of all of their stories that we've played, I I think, that there are some really significant twists in the stories that would change how you might operate at the beginning of the story. So you, like we would handle a replay differently knowing the way the story turns out. And that's kind of interesting too. So like it actually incentivizes it for you to go back and be like, now that I know this is like what the big twist is, I can play a little differently. And I'm like less worried about this other thing happening. Cause I know why is going to happen instead.
1: The only drawback is, uh, since you do just have that one file, let's say the game is 10 chapters long. Let's say you wanted to do a decision in chapter five. You would then have to replay chapters five through 10 to see the ramifications. Right. But there's a pretty significant choice that happens in chapter 10 of our latest playthrough that I'd love to go back and just say, yes, not no. But I have to replay all of chapter ten. Right.
0: So and I think it's like eleven chapters total, but ten playable. There's like a, a there's beginning like a, chapter yeah. and an end chapter that and an epilogue. are just yeah, like a movie. Um and there's a lot of cutscenes in this as well, which you probably have gathered. But, but I just wanted to clarify, so there's only the one save file, but after you have played through all of it once, you can go back to any individual chapter. Mm-hmm. So you wouldn't, like if you wanted to see something different in chapter 10, you could just replay chapter 10, which is at least better than starting from scratch. Or you can do what we have done is <laughs> that we actually have it on like multiple systems. And so I think you just like played a different game on a different system.
1: Yeah, and you can finagle it with cloud saves. You can get to a certain uh, spot in the game, shut the game off, upload your cloud save, right. play the game That's again. Like crazy dark magic, yeah. Though. But like, there there are ways to do it, and I'll actually give a shout out right now. The Quarry Supermassive subreddit. I haven't posted anything, but I've lurked the past month or so. Really cool community there that seems to love the characters. Love the game. They love discussing all the permutations of what can happen. Even the bugs. Like, there's some really wild bugs in this game. And people are just kind of like, yep, they're going to fix it. Cool. So there's a fun community behind it. You have that to support you.
0: And it is a really impressive undertaking Mm -hmm. to do. Because it's not just like an open world game where you can kind of do anything. It's a game where they have, like, different plot if different things happen. Mm -hmm. So they... I think they've really done a very good job of making it pretty cohesive. Like I said, when we, you know, we learned like 30 to 40 minutes of (laughs) additional story that was more fulfilling, certainly in the golden path. Like, I think the most fulfilling one is to have everybody survive and make all or almost all the right decision. But we still had a complete story with ours where a bunch of people died. Mm
1: -hmm. I want to play every one of these games as soon as they come out. This one released while we were in Europe. And I remember thinking, like, I, I blocked out all these keywords. I blocked out all the actors' names, the studio, the name of the game. And I went in totally unspoiled, and it was such a pure, fun experience. This is the type of game that shines, I think, with two to four players mm-hmm. that have the time set aside to do this. One of the things that I prefer... With the dark pictures games is, um, we just finished House of Ashes and we will cover House of Ashes and dark pictures in a different episode. But that game lasted five to six hours. Mm-hmm. The one downfall of the Quarry is and and Until Dawn is fourteen hours is a lot to be keyed up and in this setting, right. and it's very difficult to get people on the couch for that long. There is an online co op setting uh, called Wolfpack but some of the accessibility features are disabled in the online mode. So I really think that couch co-op is the bread and butter of this game. Right. It's such a great game to play right now in October.
0: Yeah. And, and you're right. Like, I think we ended up taking some breaks in between our different play sessions and that makes it harder to kind of like jump back in and be totally caught up on what's going on. Um, I would advise at least playing for, like, three hours in a row in each yeah. session. Because
1: um, that's ideally, when the plot reveals really happen. Right,
0: yeah. Like, I think it would be awesome. I Until Dawn was a little shorter, and if you started early in the day, you could get through it all in mm-hmm. one day. This one would be a little tough. It'd be rough. <laughs> yeah. Um, just because 13 hours, like... I'm sure many of us have played video game for 13 hours in a row at some point.
1: I would really love that, but finding right. other people to go that's on the a journey lot. with you.
0: Right. And that's also like not taking any breaks <laughs> or, or anything like that. Um so but but even if you did like a long weekend or something where you played like a big chunk each day, that would be really fun, mm-hmm. I think. But yeah, I would advise at least like maybe minimum 2 but really 3 hours yeah. per play session so you get like a big chunk of story and that also means everyone gets some playing time in too um and and on that this is a very slight spoiler so if you don't want anything at all just skip ahead but there are a couple of times and there's one time in, in particular towards the beginning where if You play one character, you will be playing like only her by yourself for like two hours.
1: But the the other side of that coin is coolest character in any supermassive game. I,
0: I love this character, I love this
1: character so much.
0: But, but I to me, like, that's a little unfortunate if you're playing with a, a group to have one person just play this person, that's what happened to me, and nobody else, yeah, yeah. So, um if you want more information, you're welcome to reach out to us and we can tell you who it is. Or obviously, like on the subreddit, you might be able to find mm-hmm. an answer.
1: Or hey, maybe just in the Discord for Hoodie Weather. If you go to oh, yeah. bit.ly slash... Uh, what, what, what's the address? I'll put it in later. You know what? <laughs> I'll, I'll put it in later during editing and also it's in the show notes. Bit.ly slash Hoodie Weather Discord.
0: Yes, you can go into the Discord, which is in the show notes, to get some more information about um, the character that we're referencing, if you would like, Uh, or you can obviously reach out to us through other social media channels. So I think for me, that pretty much covers what I wanted to talk about for this game. Did you have anything else?
1: No, no, I, I, I really love this game. It's not perfect, but I am looking forward to presenting this game to other groups of people and just watching how they play it. Yeah. I'm going to have a blast doing that.
0: It's a really fun and unique way to hang out with people and do spooky season stuff, I think. Um, and you can also pause it at any time. So, which is nice too, when there's whenever there's like scary stuff or if you like want to talk about a decision or something like that. Um, yeah, these are really fun. I really want them to do things in other genres. Like I think this is a really awesome look at what can be done with video games and I'm sure that you could do something crazy with like augmented reality at some point in this type of (laughs) a setting, but that's too scary for me. So yeah, this is great. highly recommend, you know, with the general caveats that it is a horror theme. Um, and, and so in terms of like kids playing too, again, if, if they would be fine with like scream or any of the like Friday the 13th type Jeepers movies. Creepers. Yeah, right. Where there's like, it's it's more than just a little creepy. It's definitely scary. Yeah. Um, and there is violence, but if they are into that, then then this would be an option for the whole family, maybe.
1: But also, I'm gonna replace our theme song for this episode and this episode only with the best song from the Quarry. Oh. That our favorite characters like to sing. Oh no. Yeah, there's something for everybody. <laughs> It's going to be really, really good. I can't wait. Liz, Perfect. I love playing this game with you. I love I playing all these horror games with you because it's a great way for me to have this experience with you. Mm-hmm. And I get really scared of horror movies. Let's like, I love horror movies, but I don't know why I love them. So it's always fun to have people around playing, specifically you, because I feel like there's a lot of times where I can look over and be like, can you believe this shit? You know? Oh, yeah.
0: Right. And well, and I am one of those people and I try not to be, I don't do this in all movies, but I do sometimes like to comment, comment during movies, especially really, especially like scary movies, because it like helps me be a little less scared to be like, look at that fucking guy. Oh, yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. Um, don't and, open that door. Yeah. yeah. And, and so like, this is kind of a way where you can do that because it's easier to do that in games mm-hmm. and yeah it's like a it's like a step up from just sitting on a couch and watching a movie with somebody um so obviously i think we can't praise this concept and this studio and this game enough mm-hmm.
1: I, I it's a failure on the ko-fi test but i think it's not a failure the, it's a one the, out of c- five it's the the ko-fi test is agnostic as to quality
0: it's just a simple one out of five on the scale
1: i'm just saying if you had a gun in one out of five Chambers had a bullet, and there was like a monster coming at you. You would think that was a bad situation, right? But it's not comparable. You're right.
0: Anyway, we recommend this game,
1: <laughs> yeah, wholeheartedly. Please play it, yes, because I want to see more. Like, I want to see the studio do this, right? Forever. You have to buy
0: this game so that they make more of them, yeah.
1: Anyway, should we hit the outro?
0: Let's do it.
1: Let's do it. That's you.
0: Oh, it is. <laughs> This podcast is produced every other week for our enjoyment and yours. Come back often and feel free to add the cooperatives to your favorite podcatcher. Reviews are very welcome and help the show succeed. You can also follow the cooperatives on Twitter at cooperativespod and on Facebook at facebook.com slash cooperativespod. If there's a particular game you think we should play and discuss, please don't hesitate to send us an email at cooperativespod at gmail.com or leave us a message on social media. Wow, do it. All links are in the show notes.
1: That's, that's it. Thanks to Supermassive Games. Yeah, I, yeah, and also thanks to Justice Smith. Just like <laughs> a part of so many pieces of media I love.
0: Yeah, you know, this is a spoiler-free uh, podcast on this, this game, so we can't get into it too much. I didn't love his character in this, so... Oh. Maybe maybe we'll just, like, have a discussion with some of y'all in real life at some point about how he felt.
1: He's a performer that has a lot of very subtle cues. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I just don't think that they came across in this game. But you know what? I still love him. So great. I still love him. All right. Yeah, that's going to do it. Thanks, Liz. Thanks, Aaron.
0: Bye, y'all. Bye.